What's going on? Welcome into the Thursday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Sallers and happy game day to everyone as the Pelicans are out west getting set for a three-game road trip which starts tonight in Phoenix against the Suns. Then it'll end Saturday and Sunday in Utah and the Los Angeles Clippers. Again, we're doing things a little differently this week. It's not Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We're doing Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. I wanted to make sure we gave you a couple of game day editions of the podcast. And today, Jared Greenberg of NBA TV will be our guest to give us a national perspective on the New Orleans Pelicans. Plus, of course, we'll talk all things NBA. Again, a big road trip for the Pelicans. They're on a two-game winning streak, three-game home winning streak. And we'll come home after this Sunday's game, and we'll take on the Los Angeles Lakers Next Wednesday night, of course, injuries are the main point of concern for the Pelicans right now. They did get a couple of players back last game as Frank Jackson and Brandon Ingram return. But guys that are still questionable heading into tonight's game is Lonzo Ball and Jaleel Okafor. This is Tate before shoot-around, so you might know by now who is playing of those two, if any of them are. But uh, Josh Hart and Derek Favors have been ruled out, and you could see them back on Saturday or Sunday, so it's a big road trip again for New Orleans. The Pelicans just two and a half games back of the eighth spot. Again, no, it's very early to talk about a playoff race, but still the Phoenix Suns are reeling a little bit after starting 6-2. and two. They're coming off a loss against the Sacramento Kings, and they've been hit with the injury bug as well. No Aaron Baines tonight for the Suns, and Ricky Rubio is doubtful for them with back spasm, so it should be a good one tonight at Talking Stick Resort Arena in Phoenix, and glad he can join us on today's podcast. And as mentioned, joining us now is Jared Greenberg, host of NBA TV's Crunch Time every Wednesday and Friday from 6 p.m. Central to the night's final buzzer. Crunch Time is the league's whip-around show, capturing all the excitement around the NBA from down-to-the-wire finishes to game winners and defining moments throughout the night. Jared, first off, good to talk to you. Thanks for coming on once again. Daniel, appreciate you having me on. Of course. Let's talk about this Crunch Time show a little bit, hosting Wednesday and Friday, as I mentioned. Talk about kind of what goes into it and the preparation for it and how it's been going so far. Well, you know, it's probably the most excited I've been about a show that we've done just because it really captures the essence of of the night in the NBA. And whether you're, you know, watching on League Pass or you're out with friends just checking up on scores or if you're on NBA Twitter, you know, as a diehard basketball junkie like so many of us are, you know, what we try and do is really give you a one-stop shop for everything that's happening in the, uh, the night in the NBA. And we... We do our very best. We're committed to showing you the biggest moments of the night as they're happening. So we're going to do live looks and updates. And, you know, with, with all of these down-to-the-wire finishes that have taken place over the first month of the season and all the great uh, scoring streaks and guys just erupting for massive numbers, we're, we're the place we want people to tune to us throughout the course of the night for, um, you know, kind of like a fast-paced uh, whip-around of, of everything that's happening. Is it fair to compare it somewhat to NFL Red Zone just because you are going from game to game and seeing the important, capturing the important moments around the league? Is that a fair comparison for this show? Yeah, you know, I, I think it certainly certainly is uh, fair to say that. I, I think, you know, basketball and football is just so different. Right. There's obviously the advantages that Red Zone have is that defined space on the field, right, where they can they pretty much know that, that a scoring opportunity is going to happen when a team's within the 20. You know, with us, it's so different so fast paced that you know there's there's not a defined time you know we do our best in the last two minutes of, of close games to make sure you're seeing all of that action live uh but you know we don't want to just limit ourselves to one particular part of a game because as you know there's just 
so much that's unpredictable throughout the course of the night. So what our staff really commits to is, you know, having our eyes and ears on everything that's happening. And then as soon as something big is going on, uh, we want to take you there. And if it's, you know, a milestone or just a ridiculous, you know, scoring streak or if there's an injury, you know, we want to make sure we, we get you the live action and, and the news and the information that, you know, Hoops Junkie would really want. Absolutely. Seems like a great show to watch. Tune in every Wednesday and Friday, and uh, we'll talk more about that as we progress throughout this interview. But you mentioned a lot of the buzzer beaters and the close games and the scoring, and I feel like that's kind of been the theme for the first month. Nothing really, I guess, shiny has stuck out to me, at least, besides just some great individual performances. But I guess, did we kind of expect that, Jared? Because I know a lot of people think this was the most, you know, up wide open uh, season for the NBA in a long time. Is this kind of what we should have expected throughout the first month? Yeah, I, I think absolutely. You know, with 40% of the league changing teams over the over the summer with this ridiculous free agency period that we had, you know, I think we kind of expected that it would take all of these teams a while to figure out what their identity is, get that chemistry for coaches to get a good handle on what rotations are going to look like. And I think sometimes we 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 uh, misinterpret you know close games or tight scores with good basketball competitive games and and I'm not saying it's not been fun to see all these games come down to the wire but I think you know once we get to 25 30 games this year maybe it'll take even longer this year than typically uh, it has in past years just because of that roster turnover um, I think we'll start to see you know some of the better teams separate from the pack and, and obviously as you mentioned you know all the injuries too and, and you know that you know nobody knows it better than what you guys are going through in New Orleans Unfortunately, but, yes. you know I <laughs> yeah um, I, I just think you know people love parity because they think it gives the opportunity for more teams to win but I think with parity you you pay the cost of um, having a lot of unknowns early on and and maybe not as many defined um, storylines and that makes it sometimes uh, you know a little different a different viewing experience for us early in the season but I, I, I got to think by by January and maybe it'll take till January this year when it's usually you know Thanksgiving to Christmas when we really watch for it but you know I, I, I think that the in, right now it's the individual storylines and then come January we'll start to see some of these team storylines once we get a better uh, or a larger sample size of you know who's who and what's what. Is there any team that you feel confident in knowing that this is going to be the team that they have the rest of the year? Like right now, I know like Celtics are eleven and two, Lakers twelve and two. Are there any teams that you're like, okay, I feel like, I mean, Milwaukee obviously at ten and three. A lot of their players are the same from last year, but are there teams that you're yeah. like, okay, I think we kind of figured them out a little bit, um, even through this first month of the season. You know, Milwaukee might be really the only one. Um, you know, everyone else either they're dealing with injuries and or their schedule has been a bit misleading. And, and, and that's not to say that I'm confident that they won't be who they currently are right. in the next few weeks. But, you know, Boston's played a really soft schedule. I love the way they've played. And, I, you know, you can't blame them for what they've done. But, you know, them and, and, and the Lakers, too, if you, if you get a chance, look at what the Lakers' schedule is through the month of December. It's just a murderer's row. they got to play some of the best teams multiple times in the month of December. So the Lakers are going to be really challenged, whereas the Clippers, who have had an incredibly tough first 20 games on their schedule, uh, their schedule starts to lighten up, but but yet we don't know what the status is of, of Kawhi Leonard, and we get to see a single game with Kawhi and Paul George. So, you know, I think it's just so hard to project 
out, you know, who teams are and what they're going to be. You know, I think like a team like Philadelphia, you know, it's, it's weird because you look at the record and like, okay, they, you know, they're fine. That's not a big deal, but you know, just getting ready for tonight's games and, and reading some of the stuff, you know, coming out of Philadelphia, it's almost like there's, there's an early season panic about, you know, well, Ben Simmons being Ben Simmons, he's not shooting. Do we have enough shooting? Who else is going to step up? Tobias Harris had been struggling up until uh, the last game, you know? So it, it's just funny where teams, see an opening this year and, and I think fan bases and, and maybe to a certain extent organizations want to capitalize on that as soon as possible. But I think this year it, it's the long game and being patient, unfortunately, and none of us are very good at, at doing that. So, uh, you know, I, I think yet a lot to be learned about these teams. And maybe, maybe to answer your question in short, it may, maybe it's just Milwaukee is the, the one team I feel confident who they are now is who they will be. But I think, a lot's going to change in the next few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you mentioned the two L.A. teams, and uh, the Pelicans uh, will begin a road trip starting on Thursday against the Phoenix Suns, but they pay the Los Angeles Lakers on Sunday, and then, of course, AD's return next Wednesday, so you face the Clippers and Lakers in back-to-back games. And I know those two teams played on opening night, but, of course, the Laker or the Clippers did not have Paul George on the roster. Now you mentioned Kawhi Leonard being out, but what have you noticed from those two teams throughout this first month or so, just based on you mentioned the Lakers and their schedule, that's been a little easier than um, others, but how do you think AD yeah. and LeBron have, uh, have paired through these first 14 games? I think they've, they've been absolutely sensational. You know, the, the big question I had uh, about the Lakers coming into the year is how would they defend? And to my surprise, they have been absolutely tremendous. You know, give a lot of credit to Anthony Davis, to LeBron for putting in regular season effort on, on a lot of plays that we don't typically see him do at this time of the year. Dwight Howard has been sensational uh, for them. Um, you know, and they've gotten good uh, spot moments, whether it's from uh, Danny Green or, or Quinn Cook or obviously Kyle Kuzma. Um, but, but just their overall defense to me, I, I, I'm stunned about how quickly they've gotten up to speed. And I think that's a credit to Frank Vogel, who did such a great job you know, in Indiana, and, and, you know, while the record didn't bear it out, I think, you know, he had a lot of young players in Orlando and, and coached those guys up defensively. So, you know, I think it, it's a credit to Coach Vogel with what they've been able to do on that side of the ball. And, um, you know, I, I'm, curious, I'm, I'm, I'm really intrigued by this month of December for them. Like I said, you know, I, I, uh, I'm excited by what they've done so far. I'm just really curious to see what it looks like. Um, you know, and, and LeBron – Again, to his credit, he's he's been uh, you know an artist at making sure that it you know he plays the marathon the right way to, to to make sure he and his team are best positioned for the playoffs. And now you know in year 17, 34, turning 35 years old, how does he manage that uh, when they need so much out of him every single night? Clearly, he's been more of a facilitator this year than than a primary scorer. Um, but I think the month of December is going to tell us a whole lot about them and, and how he is playing this when typically he's been able to take his foot off the throttle. Can he afford to do that in this Western Conference? I, I just don't know if he can and, you know, can he keep it up? That's a great point. looks like we will have to keep out, keep an eye on them during the month of December. Um, this might not be a fair question, but I figured um, at least I'd ask it anyways as far as maybe an early MVP candidate or at least give me a player that maybe has the best shot at competing for an MVP um, award later on in the season. I know a lot of people talking about Luka Doncic and the numbers he's putting yeah. up in the Mavericks are eight and five, but uh, is there anyone else that's standing out to you so far? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think the obvious ones, Luka, I love him. You know, he would definitely be among my top five candidates if I had to pick him right now. You know, I think Giannis, it, it's, um, you know, 
he's being thrown into that category of guys who we're kind of taking for granted. You know, he's putting up better numbers right now than he did last year. And so, uh, you know, I, I wonder if we're overlooking that. And then, you know, obviously James Harden with what he's been able to do scoring and, and he's, you know, his efficiency numbers aren't great, but they're getting better as the season's going along here. Um, and he is just, it's, it's a show every time he's on the court, it's, you know, it, it, it's, it feels like an MVP performance every night. And then, you know, I, th- I think the last one is we, we can't over, overlook LeBron, you know, his, his role on this team, what he's done, you know, as, as the facilitator, um, you know, kind of conducting that orchestra every night is, uh, it's been impressive. And, and, you know, typically, um, you know, MVP correlates with winning and success on, on the team level. And I think, you know, those four guys that I mentioned are, are seeing high level team success, you know, through the first month of the season. So they would obviously uh, be, be my first, you know, kind of first four, if you will. What about this rookie class uh, this season? I know obviously the number one pick in Zion has not played yet, unfortunately. Hopefully he comes back soon. But you, we have seen some other rookies that have shined throughout the first month of the season. Kendrick Nunn, the undrafted rookie from mm-hmm. Miami. And I think John Morant has done a really good job with Memphis. Is there a rookie on your radar through the first month of the season? I think those two are, are, are the first two I would yeah. mention. You know, I think I think that they have uh, – you know, Kendrick, uh, who knew, I don't, I don't think Miami had any idea he was this good. Right. I mean, right. it's, it's been remarkable to see, um, you know, how, how proficient of a scorer he has been and, and, you know, Miami's needed it. And, and, you know, it's, it's worked out really well for them early on, you know, John Morant's been sensational. And, and, you know, what's impressed me too is in, in clutch moments, you know, some have been losses, some have been wins, but, you know, I go back to, uh, his performance, I think it was the second week of the season against Brooklyn where, you know, he got a, he got a crafty offensive play slicing to the bucket to tie the game. And then came back and got a huge block on Kyrie on the perimeter. One of the toughest guys, you know, in the NBA to defend. Uh, then just the other day, got himself a game winner. Um, you know, I, I think those two are, are the two that stand out to me the most. You know, I, I think RJ Barrett, uh, amid all the issues in New York, he's actually put up some, some pretty good numbers as well. And, and it has looked pretty good, but um, you know, I would say right now those three are probably at the top. Um, but again, you know, as much as the MVP conversation fluctuates, I think this year the, the rookie of the year conversation is going to fluctuate too, because you know eventually Zion's going to get back on the court, mm-hmm. right? And and he is just he is too good of of of, of a talent um, to to say that he, you know he's not going to have an impact or a say so uh, in how this whole thing goes down. Absolutely. There's a couple other rookies on the Pelicans making an impact right now. Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Jackson Hayes, who's recently started the last two games, got his first career double-double the other night against the Golden State Warriors. Um, through watching, you know, you watch League Pass all the time, and based on your shows, I'm sure there's been a lot of cut-ins of our games in the last few few nights. Um, what have you seen from those two as far as how they have progressed um, through the first 14 games of the season? Well, it's one of our favorite live look-ins, the Pelicans, with, with the great pipes from Joel Myers and, and my buddy uh, Antonio Daniels, who might be the nicest man to ever wear an NBA jersey. No doubt. Uh, so we love, we love listening to, to, to the Pelicans' league pass broadcast. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I've been excited about Nikhil Alexander-Walker since the draft. Um, I got a chance to, to interview him for NBA TV there and just so impressed by um, what, what, what a great human being he is and what a great dude he is. Um, you know, just so humble and so focused. Um, and, and, and then going and seeing him in summer league, how impressed I was by him. And, you know, um, I, I think he's going to be sensational. Uh, you know, 
wondering, you know, coming into the league, is is he just, you know, a career, you know, backup on a really good team, a guy who can play a couple of different spots for you. But I mean, with what he's shown flashes of, I, I think he's going to have a tremendous career. And then, you know, with Jackson Hayes, you know, it's just so much unknown because he's such a raw talent and another great guy too. Um, I, I'm excited for him. You know, I think once, once he gets more of an NBA body and gets used to, uh, the rigors of, of what the NBA schedule is. Um, I, I, I think he's he's going to be a tr- tremendous player. And I, I think, too, what's interesting is about both, how both of them complement and fit the roster around them. Um, I, I just think it makes a lot of sense uh, that, that these two are in New Orleans. And, and I'm, ex- I'm excited to watch them. I, I think they're both, you know, throughout the course of the season, I don't know if they'll, they'll break into that rookie of the year conversation, uh, mainly because of the opportunity and, and the roster that they're on. And once the Pelicans are fully healthy, you know, they're going to be limited a little bit. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised throughout the course of the season if, if there's a couple of games here or there where we're like, wow, like that's, you know, take note of those guys with those type of performances they've had. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see these guys. Yeah, I know it's kind of hard to judge the Pelicans right now due to all the injuries. So I know it's a tough question to ask about. Just an overall feeling on New Orleans. They have won a couple games in a row, three straight at home, including a win over the Clippers, and they're starting to get some bodies back. Brandon Ingram played last night. Um, J.J. Reddick came back after uh, missing a a game with an injury. Um, You're hoping to get Lonzo Ball back soon. Same with Josh Hart. Um, How do you feel about the Pelicans so far, or is it too hard to tell based on, you know, how uh, the injuries have hurt them so far throughout the season? Listen, I, I was really excited about the Pelicans coming into the year. I went out on a limb and, and said that they would, um, you know, get the eighth seed. And then a few hours later, after I put that on Twitter, is when the Zion news came out. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully, I wasn't the jinx on that one. I yeah. apologize if I was, but um, you know, I, I think the the rough start put people, you know, turned people off a little bit to, to this team, particularly how they played defensively. But I mean, what can you do when you've got so many different players that you had no idea would be playing together? Uh, at this point in this season, uh, I think that's where, like, the, the lack of identity I spoke about with so many teams and the Pelicans are, you know, case in point with that right now, trying to figure out who they are and, and who works best as they kind of patch holes here until they get everybody back. But, you know, I like the fact that over the last, what, uh, two weeks now, they've, they've gotten significantly better defensively. They seem more committed, more aware of it. Um, and, and maybe this, you know, maybe this road trip that the Pelicans are about to go on is, is going to be the best thing for them. Like, you know, they leave town feeling good about themselves. Um, Phoenix is, after a hot start, has uh, come back down to earth a little bit. Utah has been struggling a little bit. Um, and then you, you don't know who is going to be in a lineup for the Clippers. Um, and I, I just feel like, you know, this is an opportunity for what is in large part a young team with a couple of, you know, good veteran leaders on it. You know, maybe getting away for, for a week or so here is the best thing for, for team bonding, team chemistry. And sometimes we make too much of that stuff, but sometimes I don't know if we make enough of it. And, and I think going out of the road, uh, feeling good after these back-to-back wins is, is uh, you know, a reason to be optimistic about what's going to happen here in the next few weeks. Yeah, it's the longest road trip so far for the Pelicans this season. Of course, as Jared mentions, this Thursday's Pelican-Suds matchup will be featured as the second game of TNT's doubleheader with the night's coverage beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. And, of course, Jared is the host of NBA TV's Crunch Time, also does some stuff with Sirius XM. The Crunch Time, the league's whip-around show, capturing all the excitement around the NBA from down-to-the-wire finishes to game winners and defining moments throughout the night. Jared, this was a great conversation. I'm glad we were able to hook up. Uh, I appreciate the time as always, and we look forward to watching your show. I uh, appreciate it, Daniel. Always enjoy coming on with you guys. Love all the work the Pelicans and you guys put out. Anytime you need me, please give me a call.
All right, big thanks to Jared Greenberg for coming on today's show. Again, NBA Crunch Time every Wednesday and Friday. But, of course, Pelicans and Suns tonight on TNT Nationally. You can watch it locally on Fox Sports New Orleans and listen on ESPN New Orleans 100.3. We'll have an hour's worth of Pelicans programming on the radio tonight, starting with Pelicans Weekly at 8.30, an exclusive interview with head coach Alvin Gentry. I'll have Pelicans warm-up for you starting at 9 o'clock. And then tip-off at 9.30 between the Pelicans and the Suns with Todd Graffinini and myself on the call. Of course, on Fox Sports New Orleans, as I mentioned, Joel Myers, Jen Hale, and Antonio Daniels will be on the call. No podcast on Friday as the Pelicans will travel to Utah to take on the Jazz, but we'll be back at it on Monday's podcast as Antonio Daniels will join me from Fox Sports New Orleans. All right, that'll do it for today's show. Big thanks to SeatGeek for being our presenting sponsor. For all of our listeners, if you haven't registered for SeatGeek, our listeners can get 20% off if you're a new user by using the code GOPELS, all one word. Again, that's on SeatGeek. Download the app today. All right, until next week, I'm Daniel Sallerson, Go Pels, and thanks for listening.